Welcome to Access Health Radio. Thank you for joining us on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. On the Sunday afternoon, we're joined once again by Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified family physician and CEO of Access Healthcare in Apex. We always like to acknowledge the companies that support our program, Doc. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic prescriptions directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than the big box pharmacies. They are a North Carolina pharmacy, but they will mail medications across the country to any state. And during this COVID-19 pandemic, it doesn't make sense to stand in line uh, with a bunch of potentially sick people when you can get your medicine delivered to your doorstep at a lower cost. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Dr. Forrest, if folks want more information on today's program or your practice in Apex, where can they find that out? Uh, if listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their questions answered on the show, uh, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Uh, and if they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or they can call us at 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. And after the show, if they miss part of it or if they have a family member that would like to hear the show, they can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com or we are also uh, stockpiling those on our uh, website at accesshealthradio.com. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prostologist Victoria Bretan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? I think today we should talk about communication. Not just communication between you and your specialist, but also communication between you and your family, your colleagues, uh, those that have to communicate with you on a daily basis, and those that you may need or want to communicate with. So making sure that these things are more to your likings and more what you want and your way and what you need in order for you to be successful with your hearing products. In Victoria, I would imagine that family members have a vital role in this process because they have to be aware that there's a lack of communication that is hearing-related and not something else. That's correct. I think the main thing that causes the most frustration between a person that's hearing-impaired and a person that is not hearing-impaired is understanding each other, of understanding where those people are. I'll give you an example. You have a hearing-impaired person that's moderate hearing. They're not able to hear the smaller, the softer sounds. They're not able to hear at distance. They have a difficulty when you turn your back to them. They have difficulty when there's a smaller child talking to them. It might be a softer sound that's causing the issue for that individual. So communication with the people that you speak with on a daily basis is going to be important. Honey, when you want to speak to me, will you please call my name first or get my attention and then speak with me instead of trying to speak to me from another room and I think you're speaking to the dog or you're on the phone with someone. There's a miscommunication situation here. Please get my attention first. 
or you have a small child uh, and you're having a problem understanding that small child, then that child also you want to make sure that a child understands, get my attention, honey, come into the room and talk to me. Don't talk to me from a distance. It makes it harder for me to understand. But once you're fitted with hearing instruments, a good majority of that all goes away. But you have to make sure you communicate with your specialist and letting your specialist know what is important to you and what your desires are and what your expectations are. So that allows the specialist to sit back and think, okay, how are we going to make this work for this individual? Because hearing instruments do not give you back what God gave you, which is 100%. They age you. They make your hearing impairment better for you to be able to hear and understand and communicate. But it will not give you back what God gave you. So what we have to do as a specialist is to find out what you need and try to cater to the weakness and try to strengthen those areas and make it easier for you so that you can uh, live your life the desire that you choose in your lifestyle. Do you have any advice for approaching the subject with someone who is resistant of accepting they may have a hearing issue? I say to a certain point that you have to come out of the denial at some time. If you have a hearing impairment, you're going to have to address this. This is not someone else's issue. This is definitely your issue. But you do have family and friends that it becomes their issue as well when they're trying to communicate with you on a daily basis and they're having to repeat themselves or you misinterpret what's being said. So I think the first thing is that the patient is going to have to have ownership of the impairment and say, okay, this is where I know I have my weaknesses. This is where I know I have my problems. And now I need to address these issues. Patients also must be able to communicate what hearing requirements they have, and I would imagine that's based on the individual's lifestyle. That's correct, and the more that you can communicate with your specialist and give them an idea of what your lifestyle is about, it helps that specialist do a better job for you. If you're someone who stays at home all day long and all you do is watch television and you just have maybe two or three people that come in and you really don't go nowhere, you don't do anything, you never have, you probably never will, it's just your personality, it's your lifestyle, then we want to make sure that that product's going to do what you want to do. You can mainly go basic with product. But if you're someone who's an administrator or you're an associate in a facility where you have to deal with other colleagues on a daily basis and you have to deal with numbers and information is very, very important, make sure you don't misinterpreted anything, then that's where you really need to get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on with your hearing and then how to communicate with others once you are fitted. Everyone's hearing loss is different. Uh, you have some mild losses, then you have up to severe losses. So depends on what's going on with your hearing. It's going to depend on how we address it. But if you don't give us an idea of what's going on or what you feel is the most important to you, then we might bounce around that. So we do want to make sure that you that you get what you want and what you deserve and what you've actually asked for. Some lifestyles require more than the basic hearing is to be, I would imagine, and may require something more sophisticated. Is that true? Yes, sir. That is correct. If you have a flat impairment, which is a flat loss, then most of the time you can wear just about anything. But if you have a noise-induced impairment, which is a high-frequency hearing loss, then you do really have to be more specific on how you're going to address that amplification or you're going to reject it. So those most likely will go into more advanced technology, which will allow the individual to get those higher ends where they want it the most without over-amplifying in the lower areas so the person can hear and understand better. We are with audio prestologist Victoria Brett-Tan from Downey's Hearing Care Associates in Hearing Aid Urgent Care in Nightdale and Rocky Mount. They're on the web at downeyshearingcare.com. 
www.thebrainmovie.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about the role the brain plays in this and why it's important to address the hearing issues early. This is Access Health Radio on FM 98.5 at AM 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. We are with audio prosthologist Victoria Bratan. And I understand that the brain is really affected by hearing loss. Can you explain why? Well, have you ever heard the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it? Well, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. The brain is immaculate about how it can actually go in and reprogram itself. When you have a hearing impairment, your your ears are... First, let's say you don't have the hearing impairment, you have normal hearing, you've got a wide dynamic range that your hearing can work within. You can handle high sounds, uh, low sounds, uh, tolerate a lot of noise and very little, um, and you do very well. But once you have a hearing impairment, a lot of times the louder sounds become intolerant. You you can't handle it. It's because you have retrocochlear issues. So when you go a long period of time without hearing properly, then the brain starts to learn how to hear in a different way. So where I would say come on mike let's go out to church today and you say search what that church and that search is so close it's very easily misidentified and it's called auditory deprivation is when somebody says one word to you and you thought you heard something else and it's how your brain really interprets the information it really is so what we have to do is go back in and target those frequencies that are damaged the most Add the proper amount of gain that is needed, get you within the comfort zone of hearing with that amplification, and then help work with you to rehabilitate, to get your brain back where it's supposed to be. So now when you hear the word church, you actually hear the word church versus search or perch or birch. You're actually going to be hearing the word for what it is. And that gets worse over time if you don't aid yourself. And that's why you'll hear a lot of specialists say, you need to do something now. You need to do something now. You need to do something now. Because the sooner we can do something to get that brain trained and keep it trained, the longer you will keep that ability to be able to hear and understand. But the later you wait, the longer you wait, the harder it is to rehabilitate. And there's good chances you can't rehabilitate. So we don't want to wait to say, oh, I'll wait till I'm deaf. No, don't do that because then I can't help you at all. So there's a lag? It's not automatic? Correct. It happens over time. Your brain rehabilitates itself over time. So when you go on with an impairment for years and years and years, well, your brain has rehabilitated itself for years and years and years not to hear correctly. Is hearing the way that you're, you're giving it the information based on a damaged ear. So now you give the hearing, hearing back to the patient. Now it may take them months, might take weeks, might take months, might take years to rehabilitate them, depending on how long they've been hearing impaired. And a lot of people want instant gratification. They want it like your eyeglasses. You put your eyeglasses on, you see or you don't. Well, it's not like that with hearing because you have six thousand over six thousand sounds out there hitting you at one time and your brain says what do i do with this so what we have to do is get you custom to hearing again with amplification and then start tweaking the product more to what you want it to be more for your comfort zone and then start working on the understanding levels because if i crank that hearing aid up to where your target is supposed to be right from the get-go and give it to you you will not wear that product you will reject it because it'll be too much, giving it to you too much at one time. In our past shows, we talked about how hearing issues could be misunderstood as being dementia. Correct. 
Correct, because the person misunderstands. They misunderstand what's happening. It's a, it's a, a communication error. It's a communication issue, not necessarily the hearing aid. It's the communication issue itself. So we have to try to figure out, is it the hearing aid? Is it the patient? Is the person trying to communicate with the patient? What do we need to do to get communication back on track so the patient can actually function? Do a lot of patients come in thinking that they might be exhibiting dementia symptoms instead of a hearing issue? Uh, a lot of patients do. A lot of patients, family members do. They're like, well, I go in every morning and I want her to get her pants on and she won't get her pants on because she's not hearing me. After I get mad with her and yell at her a couple of times, then she realizes that, I'm supposed to put, that she's supposed to put her pants on. And when the person has dementia or they have Alzheimer's or they have some type of mental disability and they have a hearing impairment, it makes it even harder to communicate with that individual. So some patients will come in, the family member come in and said, I know my mom has dementia. She's having a really hard time. I have to repeat myself five or six times, but I'm okay with that as long as she's understanding me. But she's not hearing me, so I feel like we need to put some hearing aids on her to make sure she can communicate. And then they find out, okay, yes, this makes it much better because now mom's actually understanding what I'm saying, even though she may ask me to repeat or I didn't, I didn't, I'm not sure. I think I forgot what you said. It's different than not understanding what they say. So we have to make sure that the communication is proper, what we're trying to do for that individual. Let me ask you, can some chronic health conditions also be misunderstood as hearing issues? That's correct. Yes, sir. And uh, a lot of times blood pressure medication can be a problem. Um, also, pain medication can be a problem. Depression medication can be a problem. There's a variety of medicines out there that can cause an issue. There are medicines for diabetics that cause an issue with your hearing. So what we try to do is educate the patient. Have them come in, test them, verify, validate what they need, look over their medications, and see if that's something that needs to be counseled with their physician. We never ask our patients to stop taking their medicine. We always tell them, you need to speak with your physician. We'll send a report over of what our findings are and what we think, and let you two make a decision on what's best for you. But these are things that we are finding. So we make sure we let, we let them know and then let them make decisions from that point. We have another segment with Victoria. Victoria is a audio prosthologist with Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care in Nightdale and Rocky Mount on the web at downeyshearingcare.com. Coming up, there's a question everyone asks Victoria, apparently, and we'll reveal what that is coming up next. This is Access Health Radio on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Back with our final segment with audioprostologist Victoria Bretan on Access Health Radio this weekend. So, Victoria, you have me intrigued uh, with the question that everyone asks. How much does it cost? Yes, that's the number one question everybody wants to ask. And and I understand most people want a, a very 
straightforward answer immediately, but without actually testing the patient's hearing and their abilities, it's really hard to give a price over the phone of, you know, the cost of a hearing aid. Because like I said, it has to do with the person's abilities. What can they do? Where's their range of hearing? We have mild losses. We have moderate losses. We have severe losses. We have profound losses. You know what I'm saying? So it all depends on how we have to address that impairment. So to answer the question as truthfully as possible is to say, well, hearing instruments can cost you a few thousand or a few hundred, depending on your impairment. What is it that you need to take care of your issue? If you have a flat hearing loss and no retrocochlear issues with recruitment problems, you can get a hearing instrument for a couple hundred dollars. But if you've got recruitment issues, you've got uh, noise-induced loss, you've got a lot of other issues going on with your hearing, the retrocochlear issues with dynamic ranges, then you're going to need something more sophisticated. Because you are independent, I would imagine you can lay your hands on almost any instrument that might be needed. Yes, sir. I'm putting my hands on just about anything. Yes, sir. And I try to make sure that we kind of stay open for our patients when it comes to that as well. We try to make sure we have a variety that our patients can choose from. You know, I might make a recommendation to you and you may not like the cost. You may not like what I say, and that's okay. But you can also say, Victoria, that's a little bit too much for me. This is how much I can afford to put into hearing aids. And then let me look from that point and let me see what I can find for you for that point. Because there's over 500 types of hearing aids. It's not just one hearing aid out there. There's so many. And the thing is, is how do you know which one's right for you? You don't. I mean, you can get it in a research all you want to and say, oh, this is the hearing aid I want. And then get in the office, find out that's not the hearing aid for you. You know, I would say the best thing to do is start off is make sure you don't have a medical condition. That's the main thing. Have somebody check you. Make sure you don't have anything growing in your ear like a tumor or something of that sort that could be causing the issue. But the other thing could be just wax. We see that all the time. Patients come in, their ears are full of wax. They sit there and cry, oh, I don't know why I waited so long to have my ears checked. I could have been hearing fine for over a year ago if I just cleaned my ears. You know, and it's not them cleaning their ears because they are trying to. They're using Q-tips, which is impacting the ears instead of actually cleaning the ear. So when they get a little coming off the Q-tip, they also got quite a bit still left in the ear, and they don't realize that. Um, I try to explain to the hunting guys that come in is if, you, if you've shot a black powdered gun, then you understand what I'm talking about because you're packing it. So as long as they can keep the ears clean, don't have medical conditions, um, you should be okay. should be all right to, to be fitted if you need to be fitted. But if you have a medical condition, the best thing is take care of that first and then go from there. Are you seeing younger and younger patients come again? Uh, hearing loss does not discriminate. Um, the youngest patients that I work with is seven, and the oldest I work with is 105. Um, all the smaller children I don't work with because they do need that extra, extra time. And my specialty is more into those who can function, give me information kind of thing that can actually communicate with me on a daily basis. What about insurance? Are hearing instruments covered by insurance? Um, a lot of insurance companies are providing uh, discount programs. They're not necessarily paying for the hearing aid, but they can allow you some discounts. Um, so what we do with the patient, they verify what their insurance is. We try to verify that as they come in the door so they know exactly what kind of benefits. We know what kind of questions to ask. A lot of patients will ask a question, but they won't finish out the question with the insurance because they're not really sure what to ask. So let me give you an example. Oh, I have insurance to cover hearing aids. 
Well, let's check your insurance. We check the insurance and find out, yes, if you're 22 years or younger and the person sitting in my office at 70. So they called their insurance and verified, yeah, they have insurance for hearing aids, but they did not verify that it's age appropriate. So then they get here, we test them and find out, oh, they have to be 22 years or younger. So that's why it's important to verify those things. Our guest this weekend at Access Health Radio has been audioprosthologist Victoria Bretan. She is with Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care at 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Benvenu Plaza in Rocky Mount. They're on the web at downeyshearingcare.com. Email Victoria at downeyshearing at yahoo.com. Thank you, Victoria. Well, our scripture of the week this week comes from Proverbs twenty five twenty seven. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Thanks again for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.